0: Jesus the light of the world. You are blessed. That's how we heard Jesus introduce his sermon on the Mount yesterday. Nine times Jesus says it, and to the people you'd least expect, blessed are the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the merciful, the peacemakers, even those who are persecuted. You are blessed, not because of your strength, but because of God's. You are blessed, not because you're so righteous and perfect, but because you recognize that you're not, and therefore are filled with the righteousness of Jesus. You are blessed, not because of your affection for God, but because you are the object of his. You are the recipient of God's favor. You are forgiven, and there's nothing more to forgive. You are saved, and there's nothing more to fear. Yes, you are blessed, for great is your reward in heaven. What an amazing way to begin a sermon. Jesus' words lift our eyes from a world of sin and sorrow and setbacks, lifts them all the way up to heaven itself, and shows us the perfect blessings that await us there. It's only a matter of time till you see God's face, till he wipes away your tears for the very last time, till you have no more guilt to bear, no more needs to fill, no more pain to medicate. And just when you're about ready to say, yes, Jesus, take me home, he brings your eyes back to earth and says, not yet. You see, there's a reason why you're still here. It's not that you're not ready for heaven. And it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Jesus transitions from describing who you are in relation to God, you are blessed, into describing you in relation to the world in which you live. You are a blessing as salt and light. You are the light of the world, a city on a hill, a lamp in your own house. While the scope of the light gets smaller and smaller, its significance and importance does not. Filled with the light of Christ and his forgiveness, you provide light to a world living in darkness. Filled with the light of Christ and his forgiveness, you are a source of help and hope in your community. Filled with the light of Christ and his forgiveness, you are the light of peace And comfort when tragedy strikes your own home. God has left you here on earth to shine His light into the hearts and minds of people around you. And so we need to ask ourselves then why is it so easy for us to put a bowl over that lamp? When you teach your family that Jesus is moderately important to you, what do you think you're doing but putting a bowl over that lamp? When you teach your loved ones that cars and phones and TVs are more important than generous offerings, what are you doing other than putting a bowl over that lamp? If you teach your kids that sleep, sports, camping, or avoiding people you don't get along with are more important than coming to worship, how can we say we're doing anything but putting a bowl over that lamp? Jesus says you are the light of the world, and no one covers up that light, Because the people in the world, the people in your community, the people in your own house need that light too. So don't hide it. Let it shine. That's why Jesus has you here. Jesus also calls you the salt of the earth. It's a picture I fear we can easily miss. Jesus doesn't mean that you're unpretentious, honest, sincere, or just simply down-to-earth. The primary purpose for salt in Jesus' day was for preservation. You would pack salt around meat to cure it, which kept it from rotting. The Apostle Paul says that the entire creation, humanity included, is in bondage to decay. In other words, the world is rotting, creeping closer and closer to its ultimate death. It's rotting because of sin. But God isn't ready for this world to end yet. He's got a timetable. The end will happen one day, but not yet. And so in the meantime, God sprinkles salt all over the world to preserve it, to slow it down from getting rank and rotten and useless. And you are that salt. But how? How do we act as the salt of the earth? Well, God says by living your Christian faith, by being Christian citizens in this country, who are guided by God's word to stand up for what is right and condemn what is wrong, by being Christian neighbors in your community, by promoting what is good and not what is harmful, by being Christian employers and employees so that the work you do is a reflection of your faith, by being Christian husbands and wives and loving your spouse with the love and forgiveness of Christ, not by being another divorce statistic, by being a Christian father or mother and training up your children in the way of the Lord, that they might grow to live as salt and light too. And in doing so, God makes this amazing promise to you. The world is better off. The world is blessed simply because you're still living in it. Jesus isn't acting as your spiritual coach or motivational speaker saying, you can do it. Jesus doesn't say, you should be, or I really want you to be. He says, you are. You are salt. You are light. This is the God who created you. The God who knew you before he laid the foundations of the world. The God who knows you better than you know yourself. The God who calls you his blessed sons and daughters, made righteous in the blood of Christ. When God looks at you through the death and resurrection of his son, he knows what he sees. Salt of the earth and the light of the world, because that's what you are. So be it. Be it for this world, be it for your community, be it for your family, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. We pray. Lord Jesus Christ, shine the light of your love into our hearts and homes. Drive out the darkness that spurs on the decay of your creation and come with your spirit to enlighten us and then through us, the lives of others. Use our whole beings as living sacrifices to you that we might be what you've created us to be, salt and light to your unending glory and praise. Amen.